But we're coming to the Word. Let's just pray together. You pray for me, I pray for you. Let's just pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. As Annie would say, Lord, this is the day you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. No matter what our feelings are, no matter what the, our faith level is, we, we, we build our lives on the fact and the truth of your word. So Lord, as we come to open your word, Lord, may we never get complacent with your word. Lord, your word is your word is your word. We thank you, Lord, at the end of his life, Joshua said, Not one of all the good promises that the Lord gave me failed to come to pass. Every one of them. Every one of them came true. And Lord, there's people sitting here today and we're, we're believing the promises of God. We're standing on the promises. You've given us personal promises that we're holding on to for family members, for jobs, for direction, for selling houses. Lord, for all sorts of different things. And we say, Lord, we're standing on the fact and the truth of your word. So Lord, open your word to us now. That Lord, it would cut to the core and bring have the effect that you wanted to have in our lives. And ultimately, Lord, that we would make that it would make us more like Jesus. Amen. Amen. I learned a little phrase or a little poem. It says, Three friends were walking on a wall, feeling fact and faith. When feeling took an awful fall. So close was faith to feeling, he stumbled and fell too. But fact remained and brought faith back, and faith brought feeling too. We build our lives on the truth of God's word. And you know, as, we, as we've started this new year, my f- thing for the new year is making a difference, being mad. M-A-D making a difference in 2014 you'll see it on your, your notes there and last, last week we, we looked at living life to the full but let's go back to January uh, the start of January I really felt you know the, the, the share on the hope that doesn't disappoint so many of us are hopeful and when things don't work out the way we want them to work out or the way we think they should work out we get, we get discouraged and we remember we had a what did hope stand for the first week this would be a good exercise I'll help you out H is for heaven O is for opportunity don't rush now you can say it I don't have to say all the words P is for prayer and E is for encouragement Okay, it's good not to just to, you know whenever you finish with these notes it's good to look over them again not just to have them whenever we're here and what we were saying remember we gave you a, a little bit of homework to ask God for somebody to share with every day and ask God for somebody who you can encourage every day because the wonderful thing about encouragement is we all need it and we can all do it We don't have to be super gifted, but it is, I believe, one of the most neglected gifts in the body of Christ. You think of a time when you were discouraged. Somebody came alongside you. What did it mean to you? It meant the world to you. So we had, and then we had the hope offering. Do you remember? We we wrote down in bits of paper what we were hoping for in 2014. Out of 40 odd, 40, 44 uh, replies, 16 people wanted a closer walk with God. 
Let me encourage you to keep going for that. And keep going for what you put down, uh, what you were looking for. Next, next week we, we looked at um, living a life worthy of the calling we have received. Whether you're Christian or not, you're called by God. He has a call in your life. And whether you fulfill that or not is your, your responsibility. Not God's. He's called you. But we need to come to that place of surrendering ourselves and then embarking on what is that call and pursuing the call. Remember, call stood for committed, available, loving and loyal. And then John spoke on mad as well, mad and dangerous. Remember he said he wants everybody to go out a little bit madder than what they come in. You couldn't say that in certain places. And then um, after John, Tony came and just shared on the, ne- the necessity to live it out. No point in saying we're disciples or Christians if we're not living it out. Because we're only living a sham. It doesn't mean anything. And then last week we looked at living life to the full. Remember John 10 and 10. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life. And just get through it by the skin of your teeth. I have come and you may have life and you may have it uh, more abundantly. Not even abundantly. More abundantly. So we, we're, 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 what I'm seeking to do is just to uh, bring that out a little bit and see what is this abundant life like? And last week we looked at heart issues. It's about our heart. You know, it's not what we say. Or not just what we say. It's not even just what we do. But it's the motives of our heart. And only God knows the motives. Only God knows the motives of our hearts. And there were three things I said that, that, that were good to try to practice on a regular basis. What were they? Being thankful, being joyful, and embracing opportunity. I know you all know these, you just don't want to say them. <laughs> and embracing opportunities. So today what I want to look at is something that we cannot function without and it's this word love God has created us with two basic instincts within every person to be loved and to love we need to learn how to receive his love and we need to learn how to pass it on as well and as we grow up in families there can be a mixture of how we experience that some can be good and some can not be not so good But you know, all our parents, they are the product of their parents and it goes back. So you know, when when things are bad or happening to us, it's so easy to blame, well, you shouldn't be like that. I was talking with somebody through the week and they were just saying, you know, I didn't realise that my mother went through what she went through. And now I understand why she treated us the way she did. You know, I see heads nodding. It's it's in every family, isn't it? We're the product. But thank God, that's the good news of the gospel. We don't have to stay that way. Because God comes and touches these deep areas in our lives and frees us from them, that we can then participate of this divine nature. Imagine you and I have the divine nature within us. That's amazing. 
the divine nature within us. Just turn to somebody and say, I want to see your divine nature. degree that we learn to love and be loved to that degree we will uh, we fulfill these two basic instincts will determine how satisfied we are with life have you ever met somebody and every time you meet them they're always moaning about something now I know there's nobody I know there's nobody in this room like that so we're not talking about anybody here okay it's all those people outside but you know when you walk away from somebody like that how do you feel you feel miserable yourself and you know you know what you start agreeing with them even if you don't agree with them well you can Yeah, yeah. Well, we picked somebody up. I won't mention who they are for prayer through the week, and they were thanking God for the rain. And I said, "Are you serious?" Now they came from a very hot climate, and uh, they were they were saying, "What a blessing the rain can be." Um, so it's a different thing living and working in it all the time. I, I suppose we would like the opportunity to try it, but it, it doesn't come. And we <laughs> Which is like the bow no 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 abundance, abundance, you're right on. Albert Einstein said this there are two there are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. And the other is as though everything is a miracle. Isn't that good? This guy Jonathan Swift, this this seems so simple, but I put it down. I don't usually put the quotes on the notes, but may you live every day of your life. Isn't that amazing? May you live every day of your life. Do you know what? We cannot take tomorrow back. Yesterday back. (laughs) I I don't know whether I'm coming or going. We cannot bring yesterday back. It's gone. And we can't even, we can look forward to tomorrow, but we can't grasp it till it comes. The only thing we have is today. This moment. That's amazing. That's amazing. May you live every day of your life. May you live every day of your life. It's not a great motto. Lord, I'm going to live every day of my life. When we think about that, that is a a really great statement. And this guy, uh, Henry David, said, The price of anything is the amount of life you exchange for it. Life is valuable, folks. We need to really embrace the value of life and suck every moment dry of the goodness. Now, I know there's a lot of wrong things happen. But you know what? If we focus on life and living life to the full, God enables us and helps us through those tough situations as well. Turn with me to Matthew 22. Matthew 22 is probably one of my, one of my favourite passages. Well, I can't say one because I've, I've, quite, I've quite a few. But Matthew 22, remember, um, 
the Sadducees were trying to trip Jesus up with the, the whole thing about marriage and the resurrection. They, di- they didn't believe um, in a lot of things. They didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. Somebody said that's why they were sad, you see. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> so, verse 34. Um, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees, then they got on the bandwagon. And they got together, one of them an expert in the law. And when we say an expert in the law, this guy knew the law inside out. Um, so it wasn't just that you know he, he had attained a certain amount. He knew everything about the law. And it says, uh, but look at his mode of fear. It says, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. His motive was not pure. He wanted to try to trip Jesus up. He wanted the Pharisees to come out above the Sadducees because Jesus had silenced the Sadducees. And this guy was one of the Pharisees. And he said, "Um, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And we know this. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. So he asked for one and he got two. That was a good deal. Two for the price of one. That's better than three. Two for the price of three. He says, And the second is like it. uh, Love your neighbor as yourself. And verse 40 says, All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So here's, to, here's what Jesus said in effect. The paraphrased version of Trevor Hill. Love God with everything you have. And love everybody the way you love yourself. And if we did that, we would transform Athlone. If Christians did that in Ireland, we would transform Ireland. So why is it not happening? Where's the breakdown? Well, one of the things is, and that second commandment is, well, the first commandment is, we let so many other things come in in the place of God. We let relationships, we let desires, we let ambitions, uh, we let not all these things not, they're not wrong in and of themselves but when they take the place of God then we need to check we need to check and the second one you're, we are to love our neighbours as we love ourselves do you ever look in the mirror in the morning and say I love you <laughs> try it and see do you know what it'll say it back to you <laughs> we're not good generally at loving ourselves and as a nation I don't know about the the other nationalities but I know enough about human nature we're not good at loving ourselves because we do want to become pride prideful you know we want to just we want to stay there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with loving ourselves in a godly way a godly self-love, I call it. And that's what Jesus said. But he said, all the law and the... Why did he say that? On these two commandments. Listen, forget about, in one sense, forget about all the theology. All the theology. Just love God, love me, love God, and love one another. That's all we've got to do. 
Why do we make it so complicated? And you know, whether you believe in infant baptism or adult baptism or whether you believe in pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib or oh, whatever. Some of these things, now they're important in ways, yes, I'm not minimizing them. But if we have not love, Corinthians says we're only a sounding brass. We're just a clang, a clang. No matter, no matter if we're, if we can prophesy and move mountains and have faith to move mountains and do all these things and we don't have love. There's something here that's a key to living life to the full. And that's what's going to make a difference to your life, my life, and the life of people that, that we're in contact with at the start of this year. Jesus tells us our priority, our number one priority is to love God and to love... Why is it loving God first? Why is that the number one? Do you know what? That's the vertical. That's God and me. God and me. And then he says, now love one another. You see what that makes? When we try to love one another without loving this, this gives us the stability to love one another. We can't do it as effectively or the way God wants us to do it. People may think we're great and we're lovely people, but unless we have God in place, unless he's number one in our lives, we need to be able to put God first in everything. In everything. So what is love? I love that love chapter. Um, It's so often read at weddings. And I don't know that I particularly like it read at weddings because there's so much hassle to get to the the church on a wedding day. But but the words are tremendous. And I just wrote down what, what it is or what it does and what it is not and what it does not. Look what it is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love rejoices with the truth. You just take those three things for a moment. And you look at your life and I'll look at my life. Patient, kind, rejoices with the truth. What it is not or what it does not, it does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It doesn't seek self. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. It delights. It it doesn't delight in evil. (laughs) It says delights in evil. It does not delight in evil. Look at at that. There's three things that it does or is. Patient, kind, rejoices with the truth. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine things it isn't or it doesn't. And a good test every now and again. We go to the doctors for a checkup, don't we? A good check every now and again is just to come back to those 12 things and just say, How am I doing? How am I doing? A better check is to ask someone close to you. And hear the truth of what they say about that. But then it goes on to say what love always does. And this is what I love. This is what it says. Love always, always, always protects. 
Love always trusts. Love always hopes. And love always perseveres. There's a stability with love. And you know, if we have our relationship intact with God, and we're seeking to have our relationship with other people, and and growing in those relationships, we need to be manifesting these things. Usually when we talk about manifesting, we're talking about uh, things that aren't nice. But today, when, when in your relationships do you always protect? You always put a hand out and say, I'm for you 100%, even though you blew it, even though you let me down, I'm going to protect you. Even though it may make me look bad, I'm still going to protect you. Or I'm, I'm always going to trust you. And you know, sometimes in Christian circles, people do let us down. I let people down. I let Diane down at times. And sometimes we need to, you know, we say, well, you know, once bitten, twice shy. No, 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 no. Once bitten, and we're a bit smarter. But we can't be shy. We can't be shy. We can't not do it again. Can you imagine God the first time we let him down? He says, see how Trevor held one? That's it. He's, he's, he's for hell. No chance whatsoever. He's away. Thank God he doesn't treat us like that. So we should not treat one another like that. It always hopes. You ever had somebody who just hopes in you? Believes in you? And just says, you know what, Angela? I believe in you no matter what. Grace, you're going to make it. No matter what happens, no matter what the obstacles are, I'm for you, I'm with you, I'm believing in you, I'm trusting you, I'm... What's the first one? I'm going to protect you, just testing you. Nobody shouted it out. When somebody really hopes in us, I tell you, it does something to us. You watch junior football or junior sports, no matter what it is. I love, I, I play golf with a few guys and some of their sons are, are pretty okay at soccer. And they've asked me to come and have a look. And I love to see, because I can see the traits of their fathers and their sons on the field sometimes. But you know, to hear a father's encouragement from the side of a, a sports field, or a mother's encouragement from the side of a sports field. I have a friend, and I think he's OTT, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, 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 one of the best friends up north, who's a pastor of a church, and he's handed that over, and all of that. He has never missed a match his son has played in. And you know, now wait a minute now. <laughs> And his son now would be, he's playing for an Irish league team. So he's sort of semi-professional. They had dreams of him becoming professional. He had a couple of, uh, a couple of what do you call it, trials over in England, but it didn't work out. But this young man knows what it is to have his father's affirmation. Now, in some ways it might be a bit unrealistic and we need to be honest have a sober estimate or judgment of yourself but he's for him 100% that young man today is probably 25 years old all through his life do you know why his father did that? 
Because his father wasn't at one match that he was at. And there were so, so, so many different reasons and all the rest. And I think there's a balance. But isn't it a commitment of a parents to encourage our children in what we see? And especially if we have a word from God for our children, let me encourage your parents as I encourage ourselves. And especially when we see our children maybe not doing what we want them to do in regards to the Lord, hold on to those words. Remember Joshua, not one of all the good promises the Lord gave failed to come true. Every one of them came to pass. And if it's from God, it will come to pass. No shadow of a doubt. No shadow of a doubt. And then here's one. Love never fails. Just turn to somebody and say, love never fails. Never fails. Now, okay, this is lovely when we're talking about these things because it's lovely and, and encouraging and affirming and all the rest. Do we believe love never fails? Yes. Now, now, listen, don't just say yes. Do we believe love never fails? Yes. Who, who does? Yes. Okay. Love never fails. Who does? Pardon? It just says it says in the word here, doesn't it? Love never fails. Okay, do we believe that? Isn't it in the word? Oh my goodness, what am I doing? I'm talking about it says love never fails. Love never fails. We feel love. A good one, John. But love never fails. There's something about here. And certainly we know God. If I say God's love, every God's love never fails. How many believes that? God is love. Right, okay. Here, here's, here's the, here's the, a, a little experiment for you to do. Okay? A few years ago, I, I can't remember where it was, but the Lord gave me this. He spoke to me, not, no, I don't hear his voice or anything, but just felt he said to me, the love of God is irresistible. And I want that up on that wall sometime. I have a number of faith statements that I want around the building. It's great to have scriptures and that's wonderful. Let's have faith statements as well that God has given to us. But here it is. The love of God is irresistible. Yes. Do we believe that? Yes. Do we really believe it? Yes. Now I'm going to put you to the test. Because there's a little hook at the end of this. Okay. I want you to think of the most unlikely person you know. Okay? I want you to think of the most unlikely person you know who, to, as far as you would know, you'd say they'd never become a Christian. Okay? The most unlikely person could be a family member, could be uh, somebody you work with and you know well. You probably will know this person. Um, it's not one person, it's all, it's all. So think of that person. Have you got somebody in mind? Yeah. Or oh, you may need to think about it. But now, here we are. This is the impossible. This person, no chance. The most unlikely, well not no chance, the most unlikely person. Okay? You're thinking of somebody? Yes. Now, this is, this is the, the experiment or the, the homework. What I want you to do is, 
I want you to connect your prayers to that person. And pray out of the love that God puts in your heart for that person. Okay? Will will we do that? Let's really commit ourselves to doing that. One person. I don't know how many of us are here this morning. One person. Let's commit ourselves to doing that. And let's see what God does. Because if the love of God is irresistible, which I believe it is. I believe if some of those people are living in our locality, they will be in this church. That was a good place to say amen. I believe that God wants to expand us. And the way he's going to do it is if we commit ourselves to praying and doing what he asks us to do. So, will you do that with me? Yes. So, connect your prayers and pray with the the love that God gives you for that person and let's see what happens. Remember what Jesus said in John 15 and 13. He says, Greater love has no one than this than than this to lay down his life for his friends. And as I wrote that, as I was pondering this, I just wrote this question, who would you be willing to die for? Now let's cut the chase here. Well, I actually asked myself, who would I be willing to die for? (laughs) I would. I'd be willing to die for my family. And if we are parents, we, we wouldn't think twice, I don't think, would we? Of dying for... But it says here, it doesn't say, um, greater love is no one than this than a man laid down his life for his family. It says friends. Remember the story in the World War, World War II, consecrate our constant... I always get the two words mixed up. It was a concentration camp. Okay, just testing you. Make sure you're awake. And the, the, the guys were out doing hard labour. There were about 14 of them. They all had a spade. They came back and the Japanese counted the spades. And there was 13 spades. And they said unless somebody comes forward, they picked somebody. This young man, young man, had a wife and family back home. And they said, unless the spade is brought now, or tell us where it is, we're going to shoot this man. What would you have done? There was a man there, I can't remember his nationality, I should have, I should have really uh, looked up the details, but there was a man there, this is his thinking process. He says, that young man has his family, wife and family back home. If this, we ever get out of this, they're going to need him. There was an older man, and he says, I've had a good life. And I, if I die, I know where I'm going. So he put his hand up, and he said, I'll take that young man's place. And in front of the 14 men, whatever number it was, he came out, the young man went back into the line, and they shot him dead. And then they counted the spades again. And there were 14 spades. That man was prepared to lay down his life for his friends. 
And there's something I believe in this that we need to come to. There are friends that I would be willing to die for. But if I'm honest, it's not as many friends as I have. And one way we never really know until we're in that situation. But we want to be growing in that love for one another that will really look out for one another. Because that's what Jesus did for us. How are the world to know that we're disciples? Or, or, or how are they to know that our faith is real? John 13 and the, the first I read it to start John uh, John 13 and 34 let's look at that John 13 and 34 <laughs> Jesus was just predicting his death here and you know um, the disciples didn't want him to be predicting his death because they thought he was going to be the saviour of Israel on a political front he was working on a on a, a kingdom perspective and he says a new command I give you love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another and then by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another and let's just look at that in one sense it wasn't a new command and I don't mean to contradict Jesus but it was in the old law but the mess that people were in it was like a new command to them because there was so much bickering and he, he came in and he says this is, this is what you need to do you need to love one another and he actually said he wasn't saying do it when you feel like it or do it when people are good to you he said you must do it it wasn't optional you must love one another he says as I have loved you you must love one another how did Jesus love us? he laid down his life he went to the cross he loved, uh, he loved us to the death there are people here and you've been persecuted in your countries for your faith we don't really understand what that's about in Ireland not really. Yeah, we make it a, 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 a bit of a hard time. So we, as your brothers and sisters today, we want to applaud you. Every single one of you. I want to applaud you. You know who you are. You don't have to tell all your stories. But I want to applaud you. I want to applaud you for staying faithful. Faithful. One of the ladies who is now living in Dublin saw... Muslims come into their backyard where a church was and they grabbed the mother and father of her daughter and, and son and grabbed them and took them and she grabbed the two grandchildren and ran as they set the house alight and the, and the, 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 the church alight doesn't even know if they're alive and that lady keeps in touch with us still from Dublin, living and looking, we, we connected her to uh, Stephen Mons's church. Um, we don't know what you've been through totally, but those—that's what we need to get to—to to the place that we're prepared 
to really suffer for our faith. I'm looking at one person here. And for six months when they came to this church, they had no English, very little English, they just cried in worship. Because it was the heart. It was the heart. And if we love one another the way Jesus loved us, the world will know it. It says, by this all men will know you are my disciples if you love one another. It's not just a flimsy thing, but it's a real commitment. You know what it's like when a husband and a wife commit themselves for life? That's the type of love that God wants us to have for one another. In one sense, the Beatles had it right. All you need is love. I sang, I actually didn't sing it. I, I played it this morning just to hear the words. And it's very interesting. It's a long time since I've actually heard that song. But I sort of, as I was a boy, that was, that was sort of growing up. And that was a popular song in its day. But their source, the message is right, but their source was wrong. Because we need God's love. You and I need God's love. And you know, if we display that love for one another, it's visible. People see it. I've had people come to me and say, I know that these people are Christians because of the way they love one another. Doesn't mean to say they will automatically become Christian, but you know what? There's a difference between being religious and being a, being a disciple. A world of difference. And you know what? The worlds know it as well. Sometimes it gets a hold of us and we don't even see it. So we just need to check ourselves again and again. When they look at you and me, the people of Athlone, who we love, who God has called us to, wherever we're from, you're here for such a time as this. Or if you're visiting and you're from another town or another area, God has called you to that area. We need to love the people. I remember a pastor one time said he hated the place he was in. For 29 years he hated the place. And God spoke to him one day and he said, How can you expect me to bless something that you hate? And it just changed his whole perspective. And he has seen an amazing transformation in his, in his church and in his ministry as a result of that. Paul, and I'm going to finish with this. When they're looking at you and me, what do they say? I don't mean now, I mean consistently. We can all have a bad hair day. Well, some of us have less hair. We, we don't have that problem so much. But we can get out of the wrong side of the bed, can't we? Or am I the only one that does that? And you hit your foot on the... And you say, oh, praise the Lord. I, uh, I was... Uh, last week at the men's conference I sat in front of a I, I told you a little bit about a guy last week the New Zealander guy and uh, he, uh, he says how long have you been here and I, he said nine years he says I nearly shout for Ireland when they play New Zealand I said you're a liar he says you're right <laughs> but Paul in Galatians 
Listen to this statement in Galatians 5 verse 6. This is what he says. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. Doesn't matter whether you're an out and out Pentecostal or whether you're an out and out evangelical. Selwyn Hughes, one of my favourite writers, and he says he's been to all sorts of churches. He's been to historical churches and hysterical churches. Paul said this, in Christ Jesus it doesn't matter, you see, it's in Christ. People, uh, you know, we may have different notions of circumcision today. It may not be the actual act of circumcision. Or you'd have a lot of guys walking around very funny. Um, But... For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor nor uncircumcision has anything. You see, in religion it means something. But in Christ Jesus it doesn't. And we're in Christ Jesus. Thank God we are. And he says, but the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through, guess what? Love. Love. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. It's a lovely subject to talk on is the love of God because it's perfection. The imperfection is whenever we try to attain that because that's what he's called us to. It's a high standard, folks. And we need to be totally focused on what we're about. You'll see, some of you probably watched the Winter Olympics, the opening ceremony and um, you know, some of the events started before the opening ceremony and one of the snowboarders from Ireland, a young man, um, came 10th, I think, out of 20 people. Just missed out on getting through into the next round. But every one of those people were focused. Every one of those competitors... Even to to be there, they had to be so focused. And we need to be the same when it comes to this matter of really loving one another. If we're really going to make a difference, and if we're going to really live life to the full, our heart needs to be right, like we said last week. We need to give it, we need to guard it, we need to apply it, we need to keep it. We need to realize that our heart uh, reflects us and we need to realize that we can delight God's heart by the decisions we make. But we need love. Love covers a multitude of sins. That wasn't the first ever exam I did in Galway. And one of the guys there who now has a ministry of his own, said, he says, Trevor, it's certainly true because I committed most of them. I know it. So where are you in the love stakes? The real love stakes. We know there'll be a lot of romanticism on Friday and a whole lot of hullabaloo. No, I'm not against it. Don't get me wrong. Diane wants to buy me chocolates. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. But you know, there are different types of love and that's what God wants us to experience, His love. Let's pray.
Lord, we finished our worship by saying, Here I am waiting. Abide in me, I pray. Here I am longing for you. Lord, we're longing for more of you this day. And in this subject of love, Lord, we really want to win the prize, as it were. We want to be those that are good at loving one another. And wherever we are in these stakes, whatever level we're at, Lord, and we're all at different levels, and that's fine, would you come by your Holy Spirit right now and enable us, Lord, to make decision to go further, to love more, not in our, not in self-effort, but Lord, would you give us that agape love, that love that comes from you yourself, that gives us this Zoe life, this life of God that you've put within us. We don't want to live frustrated lives, Lord. We want to live lives that will make a difference in this coming year. We want to be those that, Lord, encourage one another every single day. We want to be those, Lord, that share with someone every single day. But we can't do it without you, Holy Spirit. So we just invite you now to come. Spirit of the living God. Come and take these few words. And Lord, may they find good soil in our hearts. May there be shoots of faith that we will add to the word that will bring about the desired result that you want, Lord, and that we want. Because we are on the same page here. Help us to love one another the way you loved us. And help us, Lord, to love you as our number one priority in life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.